and we are back for a new episode of Once Upon a Stream Quarantine Edition once again. And so um, we are getting into the magical world of content that's available on Disney+. And so um, this is actually pre-recorded. So this episode's coming up on May 1st. So yay, as of today, National Treasure is now on Disney+. And so this is such an iconic piece piece of true true cinema that <laughs> we couldn't have just me and Megan talk about it and so we had a special guest and so please welcome writer podcaster just awesome fabulous nerd that I love dearly Connie Gibbs happy to have you on hello thank you for having me on the stream yay <laughs> And so, Connie, as far as with any of our new guests, um, just wanted to kind of briefly go into as far as what your experience is with Disney and as far as, like, growing up with that, how ardent, uh, as far as how deep does the obsession go, Mm. and basically what your Disney journey is, if you will. Hmm. Um, Long, long, lifelong Disney nerd here. Um, I think... I, there are uh, several pictures of me at like three, two and three years old with like Disney pajamas, um, like 101 Dalmatians, like nightgown and stuff like that. <laughs> um, I would say uh, I, I see when I talk to you, Maddie, um, and a couple of other people that I know, I'm like, wow, my Dis nerd is really just beginning. Like it's only at like a... I'm trying to like scale it. I feel like it's like at a fifty percent, like a a sixty percent. Um, yeah, I was gonna say you're like a six or a seven. Yeah, and... yeah, because there's so much like the parks and like there are just so many like historical things that <laughs> Maddie. I permanently about. reside at a twelve. And... Right. Yeah. That um, there are just a bunch of people that I know who have so much more information, but I do feel like I have a level of Disney standum that is difficult in this day and age. Standum. I like that so much more. Yeah. Um, Ooh. Because, and it's, that's, yeah, I feel like that is the appropriate phrase because, you know, they're a major corporation, they're buying all the things, but like, they produce so much great content. I can't, it's just, you know, I think it's one of those things. We're all at that crossroads. Exactly. So it's just like, I but I do they just it really does hold a special place in my heart um as like my childhood and like if you ask me my favorite movies now as an adult uh out of a list of 10 like half or more would be Disney movies (laughs) so um yeah and like I and you know the few times I've been to Disney World and the one time I went to Disneyland which was with Maddie uh, (laughs) and two of several of my other friends um it is the magic most magical place on earth I literally feel I went to Universal at Christmas and was like no this is terrible this is not as good as Disney World and Mm. that's awesome we actually because this is national treasure y'all that we can't have just one guest and so we thought technical difficulties were going to defeat us but we triumphed we prevailed not today not today so actually um one of my best friends who also is a Disney obsessive and the fangirl without chill, Amanda, is with us today. And so, hi, Amanda. Hi, can you hear me? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Riley Woo! goes in. All Riley right. Goes in. He hacks Amanda into the call. <laughs> Perfect. That's the cage of it all. Mm-hmm. 
just hacking in on like using an iPod in a bathroom stall. Like, oh, although I think that's in the, the second one, but we're going to get into it. So, um, Amanda, we just talked about um, with Connie as far as with our new guests of your Disney journey and um, where your obsessiveness lies. And so what's kind of your experience with Disney growing up and now as we're now adults, sort of. <laughs> we try sometimes. Um, well, Lion King was the first movie I ever saw in theaters. Mm. It was also my first Broadway show. And I'm currently fostering a cat named Simba. So <laughs> all good choices. And I didn't even name I didn't name the cat, but I couldn't have done any better had I tried. Um, it was meant to be. It was. But I don't know. I mean, Disney's just always been a constant presence in my life, even I mean, before I was aware of it. So from watching the movie and then I mean growing up, everyone remembers the VHSs yes. of days past. So oh, I think yeah. Probably 80% of mine were Disney. Yes. I would watch and rewatch oh, yeah. and rewatch my favorites. And it just, I mean, that was it. Little Mermaid. We just, uh, need Mermaid we just was, needed a VHS. <laughs> exactly. Between Rugrats and Disney movies, I was a child of the screen. It was great. Um, and then, I mean, obviously, I've been to Disneyland, which is magic beyond words for the first time i went to disney world i think that yeah that was the first and only time for a hot second in 2018 and that fireworks show wow wait you need to specify which fireworks show because there's multiple Uh, i I think the the magic kingdom happily ever after yes that yes pure magic pure magic Oof, i cried it's fine uh, <laughs> the other day, you know what's funny about that is the other day my boyfriend thought it would be really funny to turn that on YouTube and I almost <coughs> immediately started crying. He's like, Are you okay? I was like, No, turn it off. It's an emotional moment. You can't just like spring that on someone. That's what I'm trying God. to say. <laughs> You have to prepare yourself for that. I, I do recommend there's some good 4K videos of some of the fireworks shows and the parades and whatnot that to spice up your quarantine, if you will. But, okay, let, let's get into it. Of So, I am a crazy type A planner. Of, so, when this podcast first started, um, I created a Google Doc of, like, things we wanted to cover. Yep, yep. About, about six months worth of episodes in advance. And, and that um, was when we were wanting to do it weekly. It was intense. And so I initially, when we started wanting to like go ahead and add guests and stuff, I was just sending the Google Doc around to some of my nerdy friends. And what I love dearly is that the first episode that got like multiple people of just like dibs, I want that one, <laughs> was National Treasure. And so I think I it was like... That, though immediately within like five minutes of each other both connie and amanda messaged me of like i want national treasure and so um i'll open it up to either of y'all of all of the disney titles why is national treasure specifically one that you have like thoughts and feelings and wanted to come on the pod for Number one, Riley Poole is the most lovable character to ever exist and anyone who slanders him deserves no nice things. I agree. Um, I agree. So that is, I mean, every time he says, he, every time he opens his mouth, I laugh. 
it's just this one, the second one, it's just magic. So he's amazing. Um, but it just, it's a comfort movie for me. I don't know why. Between the ridiculousness of Nick Cage and just like this plot, I mean, it's. The like cute I, little romance between <sighs> the two of them is great. And I don't know. Yeah, treasure and adventure. But like in America, right? I think that's partially fun. Because so like obviously there are so many like I usually pair national the national treasures with the mummy because you know just Ooh. like they hit similar spots, <laughs> but like the mummies you know obviously in Egypt um, and there are other like treasure movies and like I'm not a huge like Indiana Jones person but they you know they're all kind of in this same like genre the vibe yeah like subgenre or whatever but there's something about national treasure where it's like they're at Trinity Church and I live in New York City. So like there, I hadn't been downtown that much, but uh, I was working down there and literally every time I would pass by Trinity Church, I'd be like, here at the wall. <laughs> I'm such a dork. But no, I totally, I, I totally get that. It's definitely just like a comfort movie. I, I'm pretty sure I saw the second one in theaters. Um, For sure. Yeah, I can't, I don't know that I can actually put my name, my like finger on it, but similar to Amanda, I it's just a thing that I return to when I just like, you know, it's just like one of those movies. I have like a list of probably like a list of movies that like I watch them at least once a year, not really purposefully, but it's just like, wow, I feel it coming. Like I need to rewatch this. Like it just like rises up within me. <laughs> but that's a good point to make, though, is that. It is. It's in America. How often do we have movies that are about like, even Indiana Jones, they may start here, but they go somewhere else. They don't necessarily stay here. These are specifically within the confines of the United States. And it's like, I think it's such an interesting thing, too, because it's history without being boring. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Yes. Like, I don't like, like, that's why I feel like a lot of people like, like, the Percy Jackson books or something like that, or any of his books, really, is because it's like you're learning history with it being fun. And I think that's why people like the National Treasure movies, is because they're history, but they're fun. I remember there were definitely eighth grade U.S. history at one point. My teacher just gave up and is like, yeah, we're watching National Treasure. And that's like... The dream. It, the literal dream. Um, regardless of whether accuracy and whatnot, that's that's not important. That's what you and to explain. The teacher is there yeah. to be like, okay, and, now this is how I can contextualize how this is false, and then you remember it because it came from the movie. Still, that's it's where it starts, and that really that kind of level of action adventure, but in like a family friendly kind of way that kind of all hit us at like the right age point um I think the kind of perfect one-two punch so this is from Jerry Bruckheimer who's like a big Hollywood producer and stuff but he's most well known for like big action set pieces and explosions and all that but that there is a certain like wit and charm to those movies as well so if you look at the timeline and everything so this came out in 2004 and so as far as Jerry Bruckheimer movies go for like big blockbuster temples, this came out the year after Pirates of the Caribbean Curse of the Black Pearl. Mm. And it's very much it a similar. That, yeah. It's also in that subgenre. I just recently rewatched Pirates and yeah, it hits the same button. It hits that same <laughs> sweet spot in all the good things. And 
so it is kind of that vibe of um, we haven't really got into surprisingly on the podcast how intensely obsessed with the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise that I was. That'll happen at some point. It'll happen. It's gotta. Listen, it's this gotta. schedule has changed a, like a lot. <laughs> like everything we thought we would have all recorded by now. We sure don't. We sure don't. That time just doesn't have meaning anymore. No. And so, <laughs> but that just gives gives us all the more t- time to talk about awesome titles like this. Exactly. And so, um kind of showing my like youth a little bit of but as far as like 2004 trying to think mm. that's basically like fifth grade was kind of oh. that standpoint wow that <laughs> yeah <hurt>. we, 11 <laughs> whoops I had to look it up too I really wanted to, sorry but I wanted to make a point when Connie was talking about living in New York and going and seeing Trinity Church, I had to look up when the movie came out because I remember as a sophomore in high school, I was going to New York with my choir. And I mean, yeah, it was exciting. Yeah, Broadway, sure, 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 fine. But I was just so excited to go to Trinity Church. And I took a picture, I still have it on my phone, of the intersection of Broadway and Wall Street. And it just, every time I go, it's like, I have to do it. So, whoops. And I was in New York in July, I think, I did that too, although I also went to Trinity Church for Hamilton, but that's a different episode. Anyway, <laughs> okay. carry on. No, I actually have <laughs> but, a similar story that to that, though. It all goes together, but it all goes together. I have a really, like, similar story to that, though. So I was talking to Maddie about this before we were recording and everything, that um, I came into the National Treasure thing because my parents got, like, crazy obsessed with it. Like, crazy, 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 crazy obsessed with it. That um, when I was in high school, they didn't take us on, um, I won't say a vacation because it wasn't, um, it was an educational field trip. We went on a couple of these and um, we went to Philadelphia specifically because my parents were obsessed with national treasure. And so we went and we did all the things they do in National Treasure in Philadelphia. Like, we went to all the places that they went to. We went to, like, while we were at, like, in the um, place where, like, the Declaration of Independence is, or whatever it is um, that's in Philadelphia, they, um, my dad was like, this is where this scene happens. And then I'm like, oh, my God, I can't do this anymore. But then we ended up going on this, like, really long carriage ride um with this guide who was like there while they were filming it. And he gave us like all these like little tidbits and everything from like when they were filming. I was like, this is really cool. I mean, I was in high school, so I, I didn't care that much. Uh, in hindsight though, was really cool. And then we ended up going on another educational field trip just before the second one came out. And we ended up going to uh, Mount Rushmore and my parents were mad. They were like, Oh my God, why didn't we wait until after? I was like, yeah, we knew this was going to happen in the movie, right? <laughs> like, but yeah, that's what it is, though. Like, we went to Philadelphia specifically because my parents were obsessed with National Treasure and they wanted to see, like, all the spots that they went to in the movie. I've only been to Philadelphia once, and I only half tried because I'd sprained my ankle. I only had half a day to actually look at the city, but it was definitely in the forefront of my mind the whole time I was there. Yeah. It was just like, the Liberty Bell. (laughs) Right, and it's weird because Philadelphia is such a large city, but all that stuff is literally in one area. 
Yeah. It's like here's the Liberty Bell. Two hundred so feet bad. that way is this. Two hundred feet that way is this. Like it's all right there. Yeah. Yeah. So it's easy to kind of just knock out all the national treasure stuff in Philadelphia <laughs> and just you know like three hours of walking in the same two mile radius. So, but I understand that that that's I do I my family did the same thing. We went to Philadelphia and did all the same things. Because I, I just kind of had the epiphany. So, like I was saying, Jerry Bruckheimer attached with the Pirates franchise. So, another thing that he produces on the TV front is The Amazing Race. Yes! And so, National Treasure is basically, like, the epic adventure of pirates with, like, the, we have a task in finding a clue of to go to the bay of The Amazing Race. Yes! He has a brand. <laughs> He really does, and he stays on that brand. And he is so well paid. We can't even that, talk about that. We can't even talk about that. Mm-mm. Absurd Mm-mm. money. Absurd but money. But worth it, because this is what you get. And so, yeah, that I think, so I hadn't obsessed with this movie, obviously, but the last time I watched it, it had been like a year or two, like since, like it had been a, it had been a minute since I had seen it last and I think one of the funniest things now read while watching it is just the 2004 of it all oh my god I know between the fashion between the fact that the bad guy uses Yahoo as a search engine (laughs) oh my gosh I didn't remember that yeah it would be Google all the way today yeah, the, like, really big, like, blue link, like, hyperlinks that I'm remembering that they had, yeah. Mm-hmm. That the fact of, like, it's pre-smartphone. Smartphones would, like, so change everything that happens in that movie. It would have, yes. They would have just been able to Google oh, anything yeah. in their pockets. Location tracking. I mean, yeah. find my iPhone. Right. Easy. Riley, Riley actually would have probably beaten them all faster because he would have had the better tools. <laughs> true, true. And, like, also the fashion of just that, like, it's totally like a Urban outf- Outfitters yeah, when they, they like, change Ur- clothes yeah. and stuff. I was just about to say, they go to Urban Outfitters and, like... We canceled Urban know. Outfitters a while ago. Mm-hmm. And it also doesn't look like that anymore. Like, it's... No. At least the ones in the city are like pastel pink girl. Cl- like, there's no way those two professional adults. I mean, <laughs> say what you will about Ben, but there's no, no way you don't think they'd be fighting treasure and crop tops. No, no, no? With, like oh, pineapples man. on the front. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Just like you know, she would have left with like a clear, like glossy bag that like has iridescent shine. Like that's the stuff that they sell in Urban Outfitters now. Yeah, yeah, no, it's not happening today. So let's just. I realize we're like 20 minutes in and we barely even scratched the surface, which I love dearly. <laughs> but first thing out the gate of just what's on everyone's mind is the Nicolas Cage of it all. Oof. True. Yes. Was this your first cage? Is it? It might. No, it not cage? for me. No. It might be my only cage. <laughs> well, I buy that else, But nothing. No, but you nothing never watched The Sorcerer's like... Apprentice? No. Oh, 
I just watched that recently, so it's fresh in my brain. I would have forgotten it, too. It's fine. <laughs> Fair. I'm, like, literally on his Wikipedia, like, have I watched any of this? I have Yeah, I'm on IMDb, Face just Off. making sure. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm like, pretty I sure I've watched Face Off, but only because I was getting my hair done and I was at someone's house. I wasn't actually paying attention. <laughs> I guess technically he's in Into the Spider-Verse. Yep. <laughs> That's... That doesn't count. Uh, that doesn't count. Know, he's... It he's doesn't. Villain. He's in it. Okay. It's <laughs> <laughs> not. It's not. A, no. It doesn't qualify as a Nicolas Cage movie. Like I remember. That's fair. That is fair. I remember. Again, my parents are. In, my parents were really obsessed with some weird stuff back in the day. So they also were obsessed with Ghost Rider, and uh... which is the one where he's like a demon and his head's on fire, but he rides a motorcycle. So it felt like very Nick Cage on brand, and um. This is like when he was trying to not be weird anymore, but he's just always going to be weird. And um, I remember my mom wanted me to go see the second one with her. And the only reason I went is because Idris Elba was in it. Yes. So if you valid. So if you see where my Nick Cage thing, it has to be interesting or it has to have somebody much better in it. Valid. But I'm also much older, apparently, than everybody else. So um, I've watched a lot of Nick Cage movies. Um, that I watched later on, but this is definitely the first exposure to the highs and lows of Nicolas Cage. And actually, this is a more understated performance of his. I think that's what makes it. No, but I think that's what makes it so accessible is that like, it's a family friendly film that's fronted by Nick Cage and people are more receptive to him in a more family friendly way, like film. Correct. Does that make Mm -hmm. sense? Because you don't have as much of, like, the screaming or the weird faces and stuff. No. Yeah, no. Like, literally, it's just, I have to do it. I'm going to steal, I'm gonna the, steal the Declaration of Independence. That's it. That's, like, really the only, like, gnarmy moment. And it's still, and it works in context. It's it really does. That, like, like, it's not really that, like, mimetic mutation thing where it's like, oh, it, it just doesn't work in context at all. Like, it works, but you know it's ridiculous while it's happening, but it's also like, yeah, you have to steal the Declaration of Independence before the other guy gets, before Boromir from Lord of the Rings gets it. <laughs> Fun fact, Sean Bean doesn't die in this movie. One of like, like the only does. movies where he doesn't yes. die. Correct. But also in the, it's funny because it's like in the order of the things, like Lord of the Rings was first and then this, and then he later did Game of Thrones. And so he hadn't like perfected his streak yet. Like, you know, he hadn't really gotten there yet. So he survives this movie because it's just like one of those things. And then he was just like, no, I'm gonna die in that one. Oh, I died. Oh, I, mm, mm, I died look at that. that. I died here mm. too. I died again. Yikes. Wow. Uh, not yeah, because like treasure. in the recent streak, it's pretty much just National Treasure and Jupiter Ascending are the only things he doesn't die in. <laughs> no, I think there Actually, was like, wasn't there a TV show where he doesn't die? Ooh, maybe, but I don't remember any, I didn't watch it, but I think I remember people saying, Yeah, oh, it was like this. a, it was like a dad show on like USA. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It was like, like hold on. <laughs> It wasn't that. It was like, yeah, it was something that was on one of those channels, and he lived. And I was like, oh, look at you improving. Plot twist. Look at you improving. Gross. What I would love, what I would love, and I'm sure we'll get to the National Treasure 3 of it all, 
Uh, but I would just really love for Sean Bean to come back for National Treasure 3 and die in it. That would be <laughs> His character lives. He could escape from prison. That's the plot. Like, that's a per- that's a great plot. And I think he should die at the end and just really give us one more <laughs> great Sean Bean death. Oh, that can be like the cold open. He escapes, shows up at yes. Ben's place, gives him the clue. And although, oh yes, that would be great. Like guys, just let us write National Treasure. I'm already on it. <laughs> no, I already <laughs> said. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. Uh, you barely said anything, and I'm already with you. Like he gives him the clue. He's like, this is my last chance to like make things right, and then he dies. <laughs> Don't worry, guys. I figured the show out. It was on TNT, not USA, and it was called Close Legends. And he managed to make it through every episode. Yes, my grandparents watched it. Like and... we said. <laughs> but, anywho, the, like we were saying of, like, this is more understated cage. However, the thing is now with wider context, having much more, like, pop culture knowledge, you know, 15 years later and all of that, it is a very interesting choice because Benjamin Gates is kind of, like, the prototypical like he's a smarter action hero but he still is like the action hero that's supposed to be really smooth and be able to land someone as gorgeous as diane kruger and like but it's the... because of the nerd like they le- they do lean into the fact that he's like a dork like he's a nerd and so it's she doesn't like him because he's smooth she likes him because of the dork side yeah but that it's very interesting of that like he's who they ended up deciding on for like the like nerdy action hero right that's what i'm saying i think that he took this because it wasn't what he typically did and i think he also just wanted to be part of like disney to be honest i mean it's it's a good bag it's a good bag i mean yeah because i feel like everyone knows that if you do one thing disney and they really like you it leads to other things yeah. Which is why, you know, like he, like I said, he was in The Sorcerer's Apprentice. No one would have cast Nick Cage in that. <laughs> no one. because, But also, because he had done this, this, and he had, they had such success with this, they gave him a sequel, and they put him in The Sorcerer's Apprentice, and it's like, all right, well, here you go. Yeah. But it's so funny of, like, there's, besides, like, Cage being just generally one of those like actors that is just kind of iconic even separate from like his works itself that there are some actors that I like I solely associate with National Treasure just because that's my first exposure so like Inglorious Bastards comes out and I'm like oh it's the lady from National Treasure or like the hangover (laughs) happens and I'm like oh they're looking for Riley and (laughs) yes that it's firmly like this is what I associate with you that you can't escape it there's there's no trying so just accept it it's fine it's fine and I think part of it too where it can be kind of like a comfort movie like we were saying is that all of the leads are just varying levels of nerdy except like the bad guy is the least nerdy one there and so I'm I've always been like history was like my favorite class in school and stuff that I feel it appeals to like my nerdy sensibilities. Um, would you oh, all be, sure. be kind of in the same boat too? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Especially because like later on in life, um, I got like, <clears throat> uh, like pre 
pretty obsessed with Theodore Roosevelt. Like, probably, like, <laughs> I, I can't really explain it. Um, I learned, like, one thing, and then I learned two things, and then it turned I mean, into this, was... like, rolling obsession that I can't explain. I mean, and I don't know if it's because of Robin Williams or what, but, like, <laughs> I got really obsessed. <laughs> and so... No, but Teddy Roosevelt was a G. Right? I mean, and the man got shot in the chest. Like, he... continued giving a speech. I mean... Like, I, I understand. And, I like... Understand. I mean, he just, he made the national parks. Hello? Yeah. yeah. Like, he, ugh, no, no he was perfection. Yeah. So, like, like, then, you know, they did all that stuff in with Rushmore and the second one, and I was like, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm real into this. I'm real into this. I actually wanted to see the second one in theaters. The first one I, like, reluctantly watched, and then I was like, mm. why I th- did I wait? I th- <laughs> I think that's also the thing about National Treasure is that the first one's the best one, but the second one isn't a bad sequel. It's not a bad sequel at all, and I think that's really... I think that helps it a lot. Yeah, and I think that's like super important franchise. to note, though, because mm-hmm. if it wasn't good, I mean, yeah. it could have just disappeared it into the... the first one. Yeah, and it could have just disappeared into the ether, and no one would really, like, care. But I know, I just read the other day, I was telling Maddie, that there was, like, an uproar that this was leaving Netflix... Like, people were, like, irate that this be. was leaving yes. Netflix and going to Disney+. Plus. Like, people were seriously mad. So I think <laughs> if it didn't have, if the sequel wasn't as good, I don't think it would have had as much staying power. Correct. Do you know what I mean? Because like, it's definitely, it's a diminishing returns thing. The more, you, like, sequels... It, the more bad sequels there are, it diminishes the legacy of the franchise itself. Um, once oh, again, bringing pirates up as gotten, an example. But is that why we haven't gotten National Treasure three? They just don't want to ruin it. Like, but I just. I just but I still want it. More. But I think that they. I, I know that everyone's more. still game to do it. Like I. Yeah. I know that that is like a frequent question that the actors yeah. get, and by actors I mean Justin Bartha and Diane Kruger because they don't obviously don't ask Nick Cage because he's weird, and so. Um, <laughs> also was in his own like. Like weird national treasure story that I think people <laughs> like what was it with the Russian fur hat or something whatever I don't know the actual story I don't want to know the I'm actual sure story I don't know why asked. he's buying like dinosaur skulls I don't want to know these things I think he's a weird I dude to be because I wanted to be because he's just training for national <laughs> he's just ready okay at all times <laughs> I, I I would watch a National Treasure three written by Nicolas Cage. God, it would be so bizarre. Oh man, I'm in. That would be I'm just in. like chaos. Oh my or god. Maybe you don't even you don't even have to do the full investment for like a, a big blockbuster movie to make it happen. You could do like have your legit National Treasure three, but just have a table read of Nick's version. Just l- write out the script and just have them, like, just in a room, pantomime acting it out. And it, I, I would still be down. Oh, yeah. Put it on Disney+. Plus. Oh, yeah. I mean, everything else is going to Disney+. Plus Now we might as well. True, true, true. And so, yeah, that I think that is something, too, that where it definitely could still be a third one is just because it's not like a Marvel movie where everyone has to be in, like, crazy good shape 
to be able right. to like do it again like, uncomfortable like wires and all that jazz mm-hmm. too like it's it's really just like we go and we're gonna read a book <laughs> right right and then it also we're makes you look wonder at the monument from on a green screen <laughs> there'll be like a foot chase scene at some point Maybe. or or like a car chase where they're all comfortably sitting. Like, it's not anything that's going to be too aggressive. But that does beg the question. What mystery would they choose to bring to the screen? They allude to it at the end of the second one. The, like, missing page or that one page in oh, the Book yes! of Secrets. Yes! They lay it out for us. It, it needs to be made. On National Treasure 3. Like, if they had not teased that they would make another one and they had left it at two, I would, like, want National Treasure 3, but I would be fine. Like, I wouldn't have this, like, increased desire for it. But they literally, like, threw it out there. I don't even care if they do that same mystery. I just know that they (laughs) teased that they would make one more, and then they didn't. And I feel like they could solve that that mystery in between the movies i don't care as long like they'll figure it out it'll make as long as the plot's good but that's the thing is that they said yeah here let's tease you on another one that's and true. then never delivered and, that's and every couple that years the me. rumors come out that yes. there's going to be a third one and yes. i fall for them every freaking time <laughs> i'm like what click I'm, cynic- I'm gonna be cynical until until it's on disney plus <laughs> Right, and, and I mean theaters, and I'd be like, "It's not real. It's not real news, guys." Actually, plus I can watch it over and over. Okay, great. But also, that is what if instead of a good. third movie, it was a limited series on Disney Plus? That would like expand on it more. But here's the thing: if they don't come out of quarantine with a script of something, <laughs> what were you doing? What was your life for? What were you doing? You had all this time, and you didn't think, you know what? I'm going to make good on that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do it. You have the time. Don't tell me you don't. Don't tell me you don't have the time. We all have the time. We all make bread now, okay? <laughs> we can all make National Treasure 3 right now. Seriously, I'll write it tomorrow if you want. I got the time. Would we go straight up Mummy 2? Would they have a kid? Mm. I don't know. I mean, I feel like oh, enough time man. has passed. Enough time has passed, and I think they would, but I... I'm not a fan of that. a little Nick Cage child. Oh my gosh. <laughs> little and also, what would they do with it? <laughs> like when they're running around solving but, it, what would they do with well, the kid? Would the kid come? Say this kid's yes, ten. Say this kid's yeah, like ten or so. Well, would they take the yeah. kid with them? Yes, they would. Mm. They have to because this kid's Make obviously him. brought up on all this. <laughs> yes, and it's a kids' movie. The kids gonna figure all the answers out, and then they're gonna look at each other like, "That's your kid." Like, same, same time. does Sean like, Bean take yeah. the kid? Oh, yeah. We're writing this. Is kid- anyone listening? <laughs> and then, we're giving and you then the, the ideas. Escapes. Guys, the kid escapes on his own because he's that smart, just like oh, his parents. Oh my heart! We're doing it right now. We're writing actually, it. You got screenwriters better be listening. Like, I don't want. I was like, I don't want a kid to be in it. But here's the plot: if the kid was in it, <laughs> yes, hypothetically, and it's like oh, Noah man. Jupe, probably something like that. Oh my gosh! <laughs> would watch. Would twelve out of ten watch? Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And like or they're it, all trying it, to find Tremblay. <laughs> oh, that uh, that could work. Cause he kind of has the Kruger features. Let's let him favor the mom. <laughs> yeah, yeah, please. Uh, please. Sorry, Nick, but uh, for the love yeah. of God, let it favor the mom. 
<laughs> no one wants to Isn't she Nick supposed to be around. like 28? In, I was trying to, because I watched this uh, week yeah, ago. The sequel oh, really? was in, two, the sequel in, the was in 2007. Oh, God. Okay, but isn't she supposed to be, like, 28 in the first? Like, her character, Abigail. She, no, she's a doctor, but she could be 28. I don't know. Someone told me that, or I read that somewhere. You know that yeah. they always, like, make people more, ed- like, advanced educationally than would logically make sense, but they're all prodigies or whatever. <laughs> yeah, of course. Why wouldn't they be? It's like she's 28 and, like, the director of, like, old manufa- you know, manuscripts or something. It's like she wouldn't be, but okay. I'll allow <laughs> you wouldn't get that level of security clearance at that yeah, yeah. point Because we were talking about the age difference between mm. um, Ben and Abigail. And, again, I don't remember how it came up, but someone was convinced, and I mean, even if she was 28, Nick Cage, I don't know how old he is, but, like, (laughs) I would still buy him being, like, mid-30s, is that fair? So it's, like, it's not like there's actually an age difference. I just thought that that was interesting, because I've never attached an age to either of them it's just yeah. they exist well diane Eager cage. also looks like perpetually the same age she doesn't age at all correct which i find correct. extremely irritating um <laughs> but she doesn't yeah, i mean she still 56, looks the same today as she looked 43 i know so it's a 13 year age difference in real life which because hollywood is gonna hollywood right but I do yeah so he was like, 40 during the first movie yeah so i mean <laughs> if she, I feel like she could be any late twenties, early thirties age. I would guess mid thirties, also like early thirties for her in the movie. Like I don't know that they explicitly said, but that was I never. Yeah, I've never thought about it. So actually, before we get back to writing the third movie, <laughs> doing their job, for I think them. this is going to happen. Um, just because I know all of us, we definitely love our ships as far as shipper wise goes how does the like the otp of like abigail and ben rank for you um it is cute and comforting but not something i read fic about yes what you yeah yeah i agree on that agree yeah which is a which is an absolute scale for me (laughs) i like them I think it's great. It's like they're comforting. Like the movie, it's like, okay, well, they're going to get together. Right. And then Riley at the end is like, well, of course, why would you complain? You got the girl. And I'm like, damn right, he did. <laughs> but outside of the movie, I'm like, okay, it's fine. Right, absolutely. Yeah. If I saw them in person, I'd be like, girl, step up, please. It's, it's no Evie. Uh... No, it's not. It's not Evie yeah. and Rick. Yeah, it's no Evie Rick, but it it's cute. Of all of, like, the adventure movies that we mentioned, it is kind of in, like, fourth place of, like, so I think Evie and Rick are kind of the ultimate. Then you got your Will and Elizabeth. Then you're, like, Indiana Jones and Marion Ravenwood. And then Ben and Abby. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. For your adventure adventure couples. I won't die on a hill over, like, defending them, but I'll die on a hill defending this movie. So yes. they kind of just come with the territory. Yes. Mm-hmm. But I think, honestly, it's like the bro TP of Riley yeah. and Ben is yeah. what really shines. Yes, yes, yes. 
yes, yes, Absolutely. yes. Oh my God, Riley just does not get the love he deserves ever, <laughs> ever. It with, breaks my heart. And I think with um, Abigail and Ben in the second one, they even like have their like we're kind of broken up thing. You know, like they're not. They were not afraid to to play with that relationship because they knew that people would be fine with it, I think, because they knew it was like a low stakes relationship. But if you mess with Ben and Riley, like Ooh, that's nope. where, you know, lines across come. Like, that come would on. hurt like that. Would, it would really hurt. Like, actually, wow, that's that's got to be part of the plot, guys. Of National Treasure 3 oh. is that there's going to be some sort of like relationship test for the two of them. Oh. And then they have to come together at the end. Yeah. Hmm. Oof. Yeah. Again, we're just writing this for everyone. We're doing the work for you. All you have to do is put in the dialogue. If you need help, call us. It's fine. I don't even need money. I just want my name to be in the credits, like at the very end. Very, just very, the, very, like, very end. Just the story by. I need a little cash, but I also would like the IMDb credit, yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying, but I'm just saying. You know, we're doing the work for you. We're basically setting it up like a Mad Lib, and so... <laughs> kind of, yeah. Just fill it in. Just fill in the blanks. We got the pieces here. Yeah, you're all good. You don't even have to do much. We're doing like, it we'll for you. we'll choose the cast, too. Like, we'll okay. pick the cast for the villains and, like, location. We'll do everything. Just make it happen. Yeah. Today. Can we have John Oliver as a comic relief character? <laughs> Absolutely. He shows up in an office somewhere... Ben has to come in, and he's like, "No, you can't have what you want, or whatever." Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just, just for one scene, it would be great. Yeah, that's all we need. <laughs> he's in the Disney family already. Yes, he's also now. So, the one good thing about the remake, but beside the point, um, as we mentioned with Riley, what's your favorite Riley moment? Let's mainly focus on the first one, and you can reference the second if you want. All of it. This is the movie I fell in love with Justin Bartha. Yep. I think it's the moment that he figures out in the Urban Outfitters that it's like the daylight savings (laughs) thing and he's just he's just relishing that frequency as the answer. Oh, wait, I know something about history that you don't. Let me let me let me take a minute. I gold. Pure gold. That's a great one. Your impression was spot on too. Oh god. I thought you'd cute a clip of the movie to say that. <laughs> um i would say the thing the first one that comes to mind anyway i don't think it's necessarily my favorite but i do enjoy the scene with the with the boy like the little boy coming out of the museum like telling him the the, the quote the 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 last letters yes the, the letters um pass and stow. And just, yeah pass and stow and him being like just figuring it out and like here's 50 bucks kid like come on. <laughs> i think the first for the... one that comes to mind yeah for the first movie, I don't I don't know why. Like I will never be able to tell you why, but it's they they took um Ben's dad's car and they're driving and he's like, Are we there yet? And they're like, da 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 whatever. This car smells weird. I just Yes. I don't And then <laughs> he falls had, asleep in the back. That had to have been improv. Like I don't I think that was Justin. <laughs> yeah. That <laughs> was Justin. It had to have been. And then in the second one, it's obviously when he imitates an eagle because I love that gif and that, like, the majestic eagle thing. They're on the rock and he does the weird, like, hand motion calling sound. (laughs) Gold. Comedic 
gold. I love him too much. I think one of the other, like, the funniest, one of the funniest moments is during the, like, the foot chase thing. So not a Riley moment, but... Um, when they're in the, like kind of the market thing in Philadelphia and she hides behind like the deli counter or whatever and yes. she's like I'm hiding from my husband and she's like baldy yeah. <laughs> but, like, yeah and she's like I see why you're hiding yeah you can stay here as long as you like and, I did and then like does a solid of just like can I help you and basically chases the dude off and you're like yes lady solidarity mm-hmm Oh, yeah. Oh, also, that I... Riley bought a Ferrari at the end. <laughs> <laughs> like, of all things, of course he did. And what was it? It was like, and I'm... Oh, I can't. Setting on, like, half a percent. Yes, yes half a percent of, what, ten percent. We could have had, yeah, could have had ten percent, but no. Oh, man. I just watched this, and I feel like I need to watch it again today. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, honestly. Like, inspiring. Is it's the second one on Disney Plus? Yes, it is. Okay, I might have to watch the second one. It's fine. It's really good. Like, as far as sequels go. Especially for a sequel, yeah. Exactly. Oh, yeah. But the first one just... And I love that they, like... Because, you know, sometimes in a sequel, like, one of the biggest problems is just, like, oh, they're hitting all the same beats, and it just feels repetitive, but, Mm -hmm. like, they hit some of, like, the iconic beats. They needed the... I'm gonna yada 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 line and this one it's I'm gonna kidnap the president of the United <laughs> States oh god and, and like, it's definitely he knows he's saying it that way yes it's great because now there is a legacy to live up to in that line I guess that's what, the, what it is they have to figure out what's bigger than the declaration of independence and the president that he can steal and say the, the kid you guys the kid oh it's we, like, we, I'm going to get oh, my son so back it, or something like that. We've already written yeah. this. I don't understand. <laughs> we've... But but the thing is, is that that would be Sean Bean's line, uh, which would be great. I actually think that would be great now that we've decided that. Yeah. I think it would be great if <laughs> we have to pan to Sean Bean. He's just like, I have to steal Ben Gates' kid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Because then it would be a good reversal without being repetitive, you know, like, but also escalating, you know, because that's how it, the story has to go. Area 51, could we, Ooh. like, could it be aliens? Because mm. the Book of Secrets has, like, yeah, everything yeah, yeah. in it. And Area 51's definitely, was definitely, I'm pretty sure it was alluded to in the last I, one. It yeah. was. Well, I don't you definitely remember can't how. have, like, the JFK murder, because you can't have yeah. murder. <laughs> but you don't want it to go full Indiana Jones 4. Well, no, True. but again, we've already written the script for them, so like it's fine. <laughs> yeah, it would be fine. We can. There's okay. a way to make it aliens without making it actual aliens, because there's still mm. some sort of mystery and treasure and like international intrigue. I'm sure, like Russians. Yeah. It, it <laughs> but if it wasn't the aliens, then what would it be? Like, what could Russians? <laughs> some sort of Russian treasure from the Romanov era. I don't know. Atlantis. Just kidding. Sorry. No. First of all, I would watch that. I would watch that instantly. I have to steal the Lost Kingdom of Atlantis. I would instantly watch that. Something related to the Bermuda Triangle, Ooh, which is probably yes. where Atlantis is. So we're fine. Okay. We're coming back around yeah, to Atlantis. That's where, the, 
that yes that's where and there's going to be a jet boat chase yes absolutely absolutely bermuda triangle is where the treasure there's some sort of treasure um just no cgi mermaids no no we're not we're not screwing no 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 like no magic no no treasure based in some sort of like reality indigenous culture that they're going to like explore and respect appropriately of course um that we can like learn about america's history okay yes (laughs) correct and then in someone else's history class they can be like the teacher can be like no screw it we're gonna watch national treasure three (laughs) boom exactly done so it has to have historical but also, I've decided content. just now that their kid is in history class in the movie at the beginning, and oh. it's just like outshining the teacher, and the teacher's like really annoyed about it. I think that would happen. Yeah, because oh, he would be just be like correcting the teacher all the time. Yeah. yeah, like my dad says, and it's just like, I have to call your parents again. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I really want this, you guys. <laughs> I'm kind of getting upset now. <laughs> Like, dang! No. Where? Who's listening? Can you like pull some strings? Just like make it happen. Yeah, like I, I don't know who who we need to tweet for this. Maybe just like Nick write Cage. the whole script as a Twitter thread. Like, well, we can't because then they wouldn't be able to make it. True. Because oh. I think I like I don't they don't tweet very much. The people who make who made them who wrote the movie I follow them on Twitter, but then they wouldn't be able to do it because you know copyright dumb stuff like that (laughs) copyright get off me you know (laughs) but even if we never get a third i'm so happy that we have this iconic masterpiece of the first one and i mean the second one too but mainly the first because it just I mean, honestly, it's up there for comfort movies with me. With um, the third Harry Potter movie, it's National Treasure. It's Anastasia. It just you nothing changes. Why do you think I brought up the Romanovs. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> Why do you think? <laughs> uh, I mean, man, they, it was just gold. They didn't even know. I mean. The people writing this, like, do you think they actually expected it to have some kind of low-key cult following? I don't think that they did, though. I think they literally just set out to make, like, a family action movie that was centered around American history and thought nothing of it beyond that. Yeah. I didn't think they thought this would be successful to the point where, like, they even needed a sequel. Like, they didn't, they, I'm sure they didn't set out thinking, yeah, this is going to go great, and Nicolas Cage is really going to sell this, and we're going to need a sequel. No, I guarantee you they didn't think that. But I'm sure once it happened, they were like, wow, people are really into this. Like, people are really, really into this. I was still surprised that it never got incorporated to the America Pavilion at Epcot, because I'm like... But, like, there should be some kind of, like, scavenger hunt or something. I mean, they have, like, like, plenty of scavenger hunts, so you'd think that it would be, like, a national treasure one, but they never had that, because, like, they had the Phineas and Ferb one, they had um, the Kim Possible one, now they have one with Russell, um, 
Oh, that's at Animal Kingdom. Sorry. But you'd think that they would have had something like this, too, even if it was just around the America Pavilion. Because I am really impressed that this is a movie that, like we were saying, it's 16 years ago, but it's still, like, in the cultural con like conscience and well, stuff that... speaking of... No, go finish your thought, and then I have a thing. <laughs> but, like, that... It still has, like, lasted in how often that, like, a mid-budget, like, adventure movie really kind of endures over, like, this length of time. Because it really is kind of its own unique thing. Yeah, I'm on the screenwriter's Twitter right now. Dottie Dottie Hudson, the the Wibberleys are the people who wrote the movies. Um, They also wrote Bad Boys 2, which is just, like... The two things don't go together in my head, but, you know, range. Um, you gotta have someone, it. Someone tagged her, and she retweeted it, and it was National Treasure, but instead of stealing the Declaration of Independence, it's the last supply of toilet paper, and it's at the White House. You know where to find me, Dottie Hudson. Oh, my God. And it's like, I'm gonna steal the last roll of Shalman Ultra. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, we're still making memes about it in the age of coronavirus. <laughs> It has lasting, it's true. It has standing power. Yeah. I think part of it, too, of, like, Andy Samberg's impersonation of Nicolas Cage, <laughs> definitely. It's so mm-hmm. good. Gold. Yeah. Yeah. So good. It definitely helps, like, with the overall longevity and stuff. Because then part of it with, like, the iconic line of, like, going to steal the Declaration of Independence, like, it's a f- now 50-50. Sometimes I hear it in Cage's voice. Sometimes I hear it in Sambrick as Cage's Ooh, voice. That's true. That's true. And then the one time that, like, Cage guested, like, on Weekend Update, and they did it together, and just... Oh my god, I forgot about that. Kiss. That was so funny. Because they were, like, trying to out-Nicholas Cage each other. Mm-hmm. Oh god, that was so funny. I forgot all about that. Now I gotta find that on YouTube. But what what I like is as far as, so there's like the good character dynamics and like great history and stuff, but that there are some legit like good action sequences too. There really because, are. Because like the car chase where like she's in the evening gown swinging out of the van and stuff, like that's like a legit thrilling sequence. And then like the foot chase stuff in Philadelphia. Or like when they're underneath trinity church and like that guy dies yes <laughs> that like, was that's intense. terrifying that's pretty actually terrifying and then i think in the second one um there's that like weird pyramid one where they have the, to like, like tur- that yeah, it like, like turntable starts thing. tilting and yeah, stuff and they yeah have to, like be on opposite ends to in order to do it and then he has to jump and that they're good at those we like... haven't even touched on that helen mirren is the mom oh, yeah I mean, can you imagine? Maybe she's the whole. Can you imagine <laughs> Helen Mirren being the mom and John Voight being the dad? Oh no. my goodness! Like, no. What? Like it happened, but it, and I still am like no. But that's why they're divorced. Right. <laughs> Accurate. <laughs> that's why their characters are divorced because it yeah. doesn't actually make sense. Because it's one of those things that it really shows to like the sleeper hitness of it all. Because like. They needed some like good names for the first one, and then they needed to level with, up like, for the, the first one, one. And they're like, if, "Let's get Helen Mirren." If they really looked at that script and were like, "This is going to be the biggest thing ever," they would have cast like a Tom Cruise instead of like mm. Nicolas Cage. Ew, no, pass, mm. pass. But like, it's part of why it works. It's yes. this weird mixture 
of like producer, actor, directors, script and all of that, that just was like this perfect alchemy. And then that still kind of kept up to things in, in the sequel too. Mm-hmm. Also, Connie, I know you'll appreciate as far as like the New York reference of when they're like, when in the first one, when the FBI is like chasing him, cause he jumped off of like the aircraft carrier oh and they're gosh. like, can you see him in the river? Like, no. <laughs> they're like, sir, it's the Hudson. <laughs> yeah, like, the the fact that he is an expert diver, like, first of all, the fact that he's an expert diver and, like, all those, all his, like, like, backstory things, it's just like... Because it's like he I, used to be a Navy SEAL, too, yeah, or like, something like that. Yeah, it's just like, what was he trying to do when he grew up? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's that other guy. Um, <laughs> what's his name? I don't remember anything right now. But uh, the Hudson River is disgusting. Like, both Ooh. the Hudson and the East River are disgusting. So gross. And there's just, like, that's the legit the only way to escape. Because no one's going to follow you in there. But also, you, like, why? Just, just like, why? It's like the one moment where I'm just also, like, Also, can you even see in there? No. no. I don't care what kind no. of military grade anything you have. No. You can't see. No. <laughs> Absolutely not. It's just sludge. It's green. It's green. Like, why would you? Ugh. Why would you do that to yourself? So maybe if he, ooh, if he does become like more like weirdly cagey, you know, in the third <laughs> one, it's because of the Hudson in the first one. <laughs> Lasting it's effect. Just like the toxins have settled in after fifteen years. Accurate. Mm-hmm. We have all the ideas. Just come find us. Guys. He was a little more cagey in the second one. Because, like, the scene where, like, they pretend to be, like, drunk fighting and stuff. Oh, my gosh. I love that, though. It's that really In Buckingham <laughs> Palace? Oh, my Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I, yeah, that's one of the greats when, when in that. When did you know that that fake fight became a real one? <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. Oh, gosh. On the casting note, though, I was... So, Disney podcast, I was watching Holes, and it blew my mind because I either forgot or didn't realize that John Voight was also Mr. You Sir. You didn't remember that? Just... That's like one of the things no! that out in my brain. It's Shia LaBeouf, it's Sigourney because... Weaver, and it's John Voight. I did also but, forget that. And I but I watched that, and I was like... Recently, yeah. <laughs> but I watched Holes, and I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot about this movie. Oh, John Voight. And then two weeks later, I watched National Treasure. I'm like, oh, yeah, John Voight. And then it clicked, and I thought, wow, it's been 17 years for Holes and 16 for this, and Homegirl's just putting it together? Great. Cool. But he just, the casting, I mean, God. Anyway, I just, that still blows my mind that, A, that I didn't catch that. I don't know how you didn't catch that. He plays two completely different characters. His face and and voice don't change. (laughs) He can't, he doesn't use any other voice ever. It's John Voight all day. Except that weird accent he did in Anaconda. (laughs) He was chewing sunflower seeds, okay? Those were distracting. No. Fine. I don't know. I can't, I can't abide by what you're saying. No. Mm -mm. Can't let this one slide. Good casting, still support. I think it was. I think everyone is so wonderfully cast in this in these movies, and I don't think anyone else could have done it, really. And I don't know if it's just because we're used to them, or if because I can't imagine anyone else being in like any of the roles. 
Right. It's one of those things like when you look at, you know, sometimes those like X actors are almost got cast in this like major iconic role that like sometimes you're like, oh, it could have been um, like a Emily Blunt as Natasha Romanoff. But then sometimes you're like, oh, no, that would not have worked. Like when you look at who almost got cast as Captain Jack Sparrow, because like a Jim Carrey Jack Sparrow would not no. work. Oh, no. Sorry. Ew. What? What? Captain Jack Sparrow, um, ah, it was Jim uh, Carrey no, no, and Christopher stop, Walken. Stop, stop, stop. <sighs> like, I actually ah. tried to imagine it, but I think part of the problem is that I am trying to imagine Jim Carrey doing Johnny Depp, but with, like, slightly more Jim Carrey, and my brain hurts. <laughs> like, work. I can't, it doesn't, mm-mm. Mm-mm. and I'm sure it would have been completely different yeah, it wouldn't have been the same. Yeah, no. Like, not remotely. Oof, that's weird. Oh, I did not also, know that Also, I love... Um, bringing back to an earlier conversation point, I was just looking at some of the trivia on IMDb, and one of the points is the good guys in the movie use Google and the bad guys use Yahoo search engine. <laughs> like... <laughs> I always love those little like product placement details that just make me laugh because for example apple has a thing where like villain characters can't use iphones so it's like you only get authorization for like the like protagonists and stuff so wow i didn't know that that's bizarre so much sense so that's where so that's where like ransom and knives out he doesn't have an iphone whereas the other characters do Oh, I didn't even notice that. Fun little tidbit for you. Oh, he's used, he's the apple, he's the green dot, like, bar on the family group chat. No wonder they don't like him. (laughs) Not that this is a Knives Out podcast. (laughs) Actually, I just had an idea. Ryan Johnson doing National Treasure 3. (gasps) Yes. Yes, 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 I support. 12 out of 10. Okay, I'm just dying at Connie's, like, instinctual shriek of delight. (laughs) I couldn't stop it. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Mm -hmm. now this... Now we need to make this a thing. Ryan, please do National Treasure 3. Currently tweeting at him. Hold on. <laughs> you think I'm joking. I don't think you're joking. I'm I super not. not. <laughs> if I can use my blue check for anything, it would be this. <laughs> please do. <laughs> I got you. The retweet is coming. Oh, that makes sense, too. So, I know, like, the Wibberleys, they were, like, the main screenwriters for National Treasure, but... Um, because it's a Jerry Bruckheimer thing, um, Terry Rossio and Ted Elliott um, mm. did an uncredited script polish for the movie. Mm. And so they did the, the first three Pirates movies and Aladdin, mm. among other things. Mm-hmm. And so now I see where, like, things kind of line up together. Right. But I, I think, actually, Ryan Johnson is kind of the perfect... If it's not going to be, like, the original people, if you're not going to get, like, Ted and Ter- Terry, that go with Ryan, and it would be great. And I think 
that way you could do some weird stuff, whether it's like Area 51 alien situation, but he would know how to do it without making it like cheesy or weird. Yeah. Although I'm thinking I'm He'd leaning now more towards the Atlantis Bermuda yes. thing than aliens. <laughs> and I then the said I somehow getting Atlantis. kidnapped. That's the only thing I want now. <laughs> you said it and now it's what I want. They need to oblige me. They really do. I mean, like, we're doing all of the heavy lifting for I'm them. Saying. We found a director. Like, we've got the cast. I mean, well, they already found the cast, but, like, we're not recasting, and we can add cast for the new characters. I want to be at the premiere, and, we've got and some I want dialogue. my IMDb credit. Thank you. <gasps> Frick, yes. Wait, I want to be at the premiere. Yeah. And I want to be in the screen, in the, like, credits at the end. Yeah. I don't Special need- consultant. Yes. Yes. We get a- our four names. Do we get a girl for Riley? Yes. Me. (laughs) I don't think that's how that works. (laughs) Look, Justin's probably not like that old. I'm here for it. If not Riley, then I'll take Justin. It's fine. It's fine. He dated an Olsen. He's fine. He's he's 41. Is that the same age difference, though, as Abigail and Ben? So, I feel like, by Hollywood standards, it's not terrible. (laughs) Oof, but by Amanda's current age range, then? But also, Justin Bartha, okay, fine, I'll break some rules. It only has a 6.8 out of 10 on IMDb. I'm offended. Listen, I'm about to review it right now. <laughs> God. Connie, you're a Rotten Tomatoes approved <laughs> reviewer. That sure can am. you do a retroactive? <laughs> I haven't figured out the rules on that yet because there are several movies where I'm like, mm, that that's it. I what do I have to do? Like to to remain in good standing with Rotten Tomatoes. What do I have to do? <laughs> Oh, I want to go to this premiere for this movie that we just wrote. Like, I'm, I have a dress I would wear. I'm ready to go. <laughs> Let's go. I support it. Man. We're going to write the third movie. In <laughs> <laughs> We're going to steal the script. Wait, title. Guys, wait, title. Wait, did we already cover this? Something about Atlantis or like Lost Treasure or something? No, we something? didn't come up with the title. Bermuda yet. Triangle, uh. Like Atlantis lost, paradise lost. No. Um, I don't know. That's the hardest part of anything, anyway. We've already whatever. It comes last after you know. Sometimes you just like need to write the whole thing, like the script out, and then like a line from the movie will come and like speak to you as the title. So Perfect. yeah, because the second is Book of Secrets. Mm-hmm. So then it's like. I feel hmm. like it's going to be some artifacts, like, you know, the sword of Titan <laughs> or something, but not actually. Chest like... of gold. No. <laughs> <laughs> I think it would be something that's like, like I said, you know, like culturally significant to some indigenous uh, group. That art's like stealing from the conquistadors because, mm-hmm. like, mm. let's steal from them. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, then we can just pocket like their like stuff. Some, because like, small item that is the key, the key, the key, the key. Sorry, key that's the mummy. Uh, <laughs> I was quoting the mummy without realizing it. Um, it would be the key, some the key of you know someone. 
or something. The key to yada yada of like whatever the name of the thing is. Yeah. We're we're halfway there. That we don't that's what the rest of them are get actually paid for is to finish yes, that's, you know, coming that's up with their the title job. and like doing the actual dialogue. Like we just are here to be the um story credit. Story by. Mm-hmm. And that premiere invite will not let that go. The I'm not. Of the ocean. Go. Absolutely. Um, main language. No, nope. Can't find anything. Darn. Well, they'll figure it out. Whatever. Not our job. <laughs> oh man! Imagine. And all this from some like mid-budget random fun movie that I don't know because I'm trying to think what was the budget of I just assumed mid because probably but I think it's under 100 for sure oh no or it's right at 100 million yeah both films are 230 million so probably with an increased budget for the second one wow wow and they released huh? it in November and December, which is like peak. I'm trying peak to remember if I saw family film. Yeah. Time. Okay, so it's right. 100 million is fairly solid, especially in 2004. The two movies yeah. together made 804 million dollars. I believe that. Hey. Dang. That's yeah. So they both came out November, December. Yeah. The first okay. One is November. The second one is December. I guess I had to have seen it in December. Okay, so it was, yeah, weekend. they they added on another thirty million for the second one, which I assume is just the stars wanted to be probably. Paid more. Absolutely. Okay, I definitely saw the second one in theaters. I've been I've been trying to figure that out because <laughs> if it came out in December, I know exactly where I was and the theater that I went to. I just had to make sure I was thinking it correctly. I have a group chat on my phone with my mom and um two of our family friends and it's the national treasure fan club but it's supposed to be ironic because um someone in the group hates nicholas cage so she hates the movie and i named the group chat to irritate her and it's wonderful but i'm pretty sure we saw the second one in theaters together so whoops jokes on her because she saw it in theaters it's Basically, fine. it's ironic for one person in the chat, and everyone else, it's like, no, this isn't. This is ironic. accurate. This is just. <laughs> this is just true appreciation for an iconic film. True. Yeah. So, just to to talk about National Treasure Three, a, a, you know, a, the rumors over the years have been that some someone's been writing it multiple times. Yeah, it was us in various yeah. levels of. <laughs> besides beyond us. Um, because obviously our idea wins, but um, naturally, they uh, in January of this year, Chris Bremner, the writer of Bad Boys for Life, which apparently did well at the box office, I haven't seen it, so I don't know, is going to be writing the script for it. So Chris, if you get stuck, you call us up and just listen to this podcast over and over again, and we'll just like help you flesh it out. You know, be beta readers. It's fine. We'll We're, here you you. <laughs> We're here for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But also, I don't know if I believe that because I've been fooled so many times. You've been fooled before. But, you know, like I said, when it finally arrives to Disney Plus, I'll believe that it's real. 
that's why I'm like, call Ryan Johnson because he would actually write the thing. But also he could just direct it. True, he could just direct it. Like, Chris is writing it, whatever. If that doesn't work out, Ryan could write it. But if it's just like he can do he can do a polish. Right. Like as any director would, you could just like, you know, fix it in the directing. (laughs) Make it, you know, just Ryan's brain. All these things are fine. Yeah, I'm in. Let's do it. I'm available right now. For supporting us. And scene. Yeah. I'm here. I'm at home. I will be here and at home uh, for the foreseeable future, at least until May 15th. But LOL, I know it's going to be longer than that. So (laughs) I'm more than available to be a consultant on this project about it. Absolutely. I I think this definitely needs to happen. And so that I know we just kind of scrapped the surface as far as of what's so great about the other two movies, but oh, they're I just awesome. I think we, I think we covered it. We've we got the dialogue. The one. Like by the signing of the third one, we've, we've talked about the relationship and how those work. Like we've covered all the bases. We're, just we're not good. directly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So now as of today of when this episode is going to be published, both the first and second movies will be available on Disney plus. So um, make a night of it, do a double feature that I'm trying to think what would be what would you recommend as national treasure appropriate snacks trail mix but it che- get it because they're always on the trail <laughs> yes Support. Uh, I was gonna say Chex mix but because I like that better but I feel like trail mix they're on the trail hunting clues um, I think if I was in this scenario, I would need like a copious amount of pulling peels, just like to stress peel, like to stress peel. I and was eat. thinking Twizzlers. Yeah, I yes. was thinking Twizzlers, but like not oh. because of it's relating to the movie. Something lemon mm. related because they do the little lemon solution on the back of the mm. lemon bars. Ooh, lemon yeah. bars. I want lemon bars. Yes. Mm. Support. Basically, anything you have is a good national treasure snack because if you're watching a movie, this movie, then like you can eat anything and you're going to have a great time. I mean, like that's it. (laughs) I will. Yeah. Oh man. I really want to watch it again. You got it. All right. And so Connie and Amanda, thank you so much for coming on. It was a delight to have you here. Connie, do you have anything that you want to plug? Um, Find all the things that I could ever be plugging on my Twitter at Constar24. That's the main hub for all of my life. Because <laughs> you're basically on like a billion podcasts right now. Yeah, so this is like my third one in all of self-isolation. <laughs> Not including my own. <laughs> Sounds about right. Yeah. And so, yeah, definitely check out her Twitter and she writes cool things too. So definitely highly recommend Listen, Amanda working. Also, sorry, oh. there's one more thing. I work at a children's magazine. This is why I need national treasure to come out. Cause then I could cover it for work. So I just, let's make it happen. Anyway. <laughs> I, I, I approve that a new generation needs to learn to appreciate this movie. Yeah. Agreed. Have you have you shared it? Because you have a younger cousin. Have you shared it with Misa? No. 
I, I know her, and it's not her, her bag. Not her jam. Okay. No. no. Unfortunate, but <laughs> no. such is life. Yeah. Amanda, where can people find you? Uh, I'm on Twitter as Fangirl Without Chill. Um, I post a lot of random things, but you could definitely find me there. Um, I don't have anything to plug other than my Twitter, but I will say... If any of you out there have the ability to foster an animal, foster an animal because shelters need it. And if you live alone like me, it's a great companion. So support your local shelters, stay home, and while you're staying home, check out my Twitter. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Now's the time. There we go. Solid plug. And so once again, as far as um, our podcast is at Once Upon a Stream on both Twitter and Instagram, but Megan and I have a super exciting announcement um, because of quarantine and other things going on. Um, we actually have launched a Patreon this week. And so um, by the time this episode comes out, it'll be actually online for a little bit. So um, Patreon is just a way that um, you can donate as far as like our entry level tiers just at $3 a month. And so any way that you can support us is definitely much appreciated as far as varying employment situations going on and that fun stuff but also just to keep this podcast sustainable and also gives us the opportunity to possibly grow and do new things um with this and so um your support means a lot so that is patreon.com slash once upon a stream and so we w really would appreciate that and so thanks again so much for listening to the once upon a stream podcast once again i'm your host maddie shook with my co-host megan man bye Bye. Thanks again. Stay safe. Y'all take care.